Blog Talk Radio. News Network. Fighting Words is brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women of police and fire services, the people on the first line of COVID, the doctors, the nurses, and especially the flying people 
to clean up the rooms after everybody's done. And of course, we can't forget those who've kept us fed over the pandemic, the um, supermarket workers. Uh, first, we wanted to say uh, we will we want to wish each and every listener a very happy holiday. Uh, you have a good uh, Thanksgiving together. Uh, we'll be gathering with our families uh, this this Thursday, giving thanks, especially for you, our wonderful listeners. Uh, we couldn't do this without you. Uh, we'll also take uh, Saturday off. We won't be on next Saturday. So I wanted to bring that out. Um, we have uh, Kaden. Um, you want to talk about the prelims today? Um, sure, yeah, I'd love to. Um really it's it's a stalemate. Um I was I was watching them and every single one went to um decision. Like literally every single fight went to decision. And I didn't really think they were amazing fights. Um either one mm-hmm. either they were either just really one sided or they were just mm-hmm. pretty boring. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, uh Bob, what do you think uh We've got uh, Nisha Tate going tonight um, against uh, Caitlin uh, Guerrero. What's your thoughts on that? Um, Yeah, so Nisha Tate's one of my favorite for the girl fighters. Uh, I don't know, again, a whole lot about her opponent. Um, Just woke up, so I apologize that fight for family. Um, But Nisha should come out and do well. She got paid really good the last uh, showing. so hopefully she's on, uh, you know, getting paid uh, uh, well for this one as well. Um, but again, I expect to see now that she's come back out of retirement on her last one. I hope to see a, a victory on this one as well. Don, uh, you were saying earlier that uh, you thought that uh, Misha Tate and. Uh, Janice Jackson, Jackson had the same uh, um, courtier. Oh yeah, so off the uh, off the air, I was I was saying uh, I hope the uh, the fight ends in a wardrobe malfunction. You know, it's my. <laughs> <laughs> I'll second that. <laughs> you know, third round wardrobe malfunction. You know what I mean? Like if you're gonna call the fight. Wow. We had a Jackson do-over is what we'll call that. <laughs> hey, Ty, what do you think of that fight? I don't know. I'm kind of all for the wardrobe malfunction now, so that, that's where my analysis is at. So. <laughs> Be think after that, right? Yeah, like, my focus now has totally shifted from analysis of the site to analysis of the wardrobe malfunction. I don't know how to get back to our feet. Not my fault, fans. It's it's traumatic brain injuries from all the knockouts or concussions. I apologize. Hey, hey, we forgive you, Bob. Don't you worry. <laughs> Lord, I apologize. We all feel the same. Uh, Ty, what, what's your thoughts on uh, Misha Tate's fight tonight? No, all jokes aside, you got to favor Misha going in. Um, and, and I think that's a testament to her, her skill set, right? Because Misha is still looked at as one of the pioneers. 
you know. I mean, she's she's been around since you know. Cyborg, it just freaked me out when Cyborg won last week. The Cyborg is now thirty-two, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Cyborg ushered in kind of the era of women's MMA with 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 the fight with Gina Carano, Strike for it. Mm-hmm. And Misha Tate's been around since those days. So the fact that she took five years off has had one fight. Uh, you know, kind of a layup fight for her, you know, a stylistic uh, favor for her. And uh, she's going in as a favorite tonight, and she should win. I think it's, it's a gritty fight. I don't necessarily think she'll stop there, but I do think she'll uh, be able to outwork her over three rounds. She just has to avoid mm-hmm. getting sloppy to get caught in a submission. But outside of that, she should be able to outmaneuver and outwork her uh, over the course of the fight and get a little closer to uh, uh, you know, a rematch with Amanda Nunes. <laughs> Misha's a beast, and I think her her mistakes over her career has been her own fault. You, you know what I mean? So as long as she can tighten that game up, I think she's going to do really well. And Misha Tate always loses to the best, to to, to be yeah. honest. I mean, she's she's not. I mean, you have to be Ronda Rousey or Nunez to beat her. So I mean, mm-hmm. when yeah. she's on her game. When she's on top of her game, so. It, it, but with with a fighter like this, coming back like this, you always wonder what they have left in the game. To a certain, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's the only thing I really worry about. Like skill set, knowing that, I'm I'm you know confident that she she could do the job. It's just what really does she have left inside? Well, mm-hmm. you know what I what I do like is that she she had her comeback fight a few months ago, and she's already back in the octagon, and so she's right. staying mm-hmm. active. You know, which I think is brilliant. And, you know, obviously the comeback fight's where you get your she legs under you, so she should be more effective and more acclimated this coming fight. And the fact of the matter is Caitlin Bear is a, is a very good fighter, but she's someone who hasn't lived up to her potential uh, in the octagon. You look at her record, she has a good record. She's like 11-2, and two, I believe. But she just really hasn't lived up to her potential. She's 2-2 two and two in the last couple of fights. And I don't think personally watching her fight, she's really – developed her identity as a fighter, even though she's kind of a, a a grappler, I still don't think she's developed her identity or her stand-up enough to where she's going to be able to defeat Misha Tate, unless Misha Tate dives into a submission. Outside of that, uh, it, you know, it's another step forward in the Bantamweight division for Misha Tate, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Katie? Katie? It's phone on mute. <laughs> Dude, he skipped the homecoming with the date, and he said, I don't think she's yeah. too mad. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. anytime he disappears for the next, like, six months. So. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, are you there? Sorry, I just, I just, I just came back. Um, yeah, uh-huh. um, yeah, I'm here. Um, yeah, I had a little phone malfunction. I couldn't, I couldn't get on back onto the screen. I cracked my, I cracked my phone a couple of days ago. hasn't has been working mm. right ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, you, yeah. So we're talking about the um, the Misha Tate um, fight tonight, and uh, I mean her, her Misha Tate is no joke. We've seen that throughout her entire career. Um, to say that she's a bad fighter would just be would just be gibberish. She's she's an amazing fighter. She's definitely a pioneer. Uh but she's she's coming mm-hmm. off of a um of a layoff. You know, she her last you know, her last like her last fight was a couple months ago, but before that it was two thousand sixteen. 
Um, but the person she's fighting now, she's coming off like a two-win two win streak. And um, uh, Vieira's no joke. Uh, they're both no joke. And I think this would be a good fight. Hopefully, it'll be probably the best fight of the card because we're not seeing a lot of good fights right now. They're, they're all, they're all uh, decisions, like I've, like I've said um, uh, at, the, at the start of the show. Um, but I would, mm-hmm. I would love to see uh, Misha Tate really get back into the rhythm. Um, will she become champion? I doubt it. Um, yeah, agreed, but, uh, agreed. Yeah, I think she's going to have another good run in the UFC. Yeah, all depends who she fights. You know, the, mm-hmm. card, the fight I'm looking most forward to on this card, Caden, is the uh, Sean Brady um, Michael Casilla fight. Exactly. Uh, yeah, you know, Casilla is the top ranked, top ten ranked guy, and, and again, the only reason why Sean Brady is fourteen and zero, and you know, and he, he's fighting at welterweight, um, and he's a young kid, he's twenty eight. The only reason why he hasn't gotten the publicity uh, that he maybe deserves is because all that that hype for the welterweight division is going to deservedly so high as much as I am. But Sean Brady's a comer. He's very well-rounded. Uh, he's got a very tall order uh, in Michael Kaseya. And, and that'll be the toughest guy that he or Hazmat Shemaev has faced at this point in their career. So that's the fight. You know, it's funny you say it's not a great night of fight. That's the fight I'm kind of most looking forward to. So we still got that one to come right before the main event. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh... Bob, what do you think if uh, Poirier came out in the, the trades this week and said that he can take a JD or he can take uh, Ann Chandler and can, yeah, he can beat both of them, uh, one right after another? What's your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I don't know. So he's not beating Yeti. Uh, that's my <laughs> prediction. As far as Chandler goes, uh, <clears throat> sorry, I'm just still getting the Internet up. Um, Chandler, mm-hmm. you know, with, with his amazing uh, – performance against Gagey. I think Chandler's going to have a, a money fight or two ahead of him. Um, he proved that he's no joke. Uh, so so I don't think Poirier's going to go after Chandler at all. I think uh, his, his his next thing, I think I think uh, Poirier goes after Oliveira uh, for the championship uh, since he's in rank. And then, like Gagey says, uh, if Poirier wins and, and beats Oliveira, I think uh, Gagey thinks that uh, Poirier will just retire on, on top, mm-hmm. not want to face him. Um, but, you know, that could mm-hmm. be just internet trap talk as well. So, um, mm-hmm. and I think that Gagey gets the winner out of Poirier uh, Oliveira. So Chandler, I think he's in, in routes. Like I've heard all kinds of stuff out for his performance. McGregor's trying to get a piece of that. Everyone's trying, you know, cause he put mm-hmm. on that great mm-hmm. show. So, he deserves a, he deserves a money fight after that performance. Um, you know, it was great seeing the camaraderie of the pitchers of Gagey and and uh, uh, Chandler in the in the I think it was the back of the ambulance or at the hospital. You know, they're buddy buddy after that brutal fight, which is cool. Um, I just definitely think that uh, Poirier is going to go after Oliveira first, and then and then Gagey is going to go after the championship. Dustin Poirier has every right to have that opinion because Dustin Poirier is the number one rated lightweight in the world today, and he owns a win over Justin Gaethje. Now, it was the Poirier fight that made Gaethje reassess his approach, and since that fight, Gaethje's only lost to Habib Nurmagomedov. But 
JT has every right to feel that he could take Chandler and he could take, uh, I mean, uh, Poirier has every right to feel that he could take Chandler and Gaethje. In fact, not only does Poirier feel that way, but Oddsmaker feel that way. He's going into the fight. The fight is booked with him and Oliveira. He's going into the fight as a favorite over Oliveira. He would be a favorite over Gaethje or Chandler. Right now, outside of Habib Nurmagomedov, anybody Dustin Poirier fought in the lightweight division, he would go in as the as the uh, bookmaker's favorite. Um, that's that's where he's established himself. Uh, Right now, which is why this fight with Oliveira is so important. And, and you know, Oliveira has stated that he's the champion, but he doesn't feel that he's gotten the proper respect he deserves. So um, that's why it's so important for, for him to knock off the uh, consensus number one lightweight in the world, of Dustin Poirier. Can Chandler, let's see, Chandler almost beat Oliveira at, at that that last fight. So can Oliveira pull it off against Poirier? In your mind, or do you think that uh, it's going to be a close fight, or what was everyone's opinion on that one? Um, I think I think Poirier can beat Oliveira. I do too. Yeah, that's I what I was thinking. Beat, I think I think Poirier is going to beat Oliveira, and then when Justin Gaethje gets his title shot, that's going to be an amazing fight. I I I'm favoring a Gaethje in that fight just because I'm a huge Gaethje fan. Um, but uh, I think it, I think that that fight will go all five rounds if if um, Poirier and and um, Gaethje fight. But I, I don't I don't see um, I don't see uh, Oliveira beating Poirier. Poirier's uh, Poirier's a beast. Um, I, I think he's the best in the lightweight division right now. So I feel like Oliveira. I don't I don't I don't like. Oh, yeah. I don't like Gaethje. I don't like. Uh, I wouldn't like uh, Gaethje over Poirier. I, I wouldn't like him. To be honest, I wouldn't like him to last. And one thing I'm gonna say is this much: Gaethje is a tough son of a gun, an extremely tough son of a gun. But you can't be tough against everything. Poirier fights yeah. a little more within himself, you know, within what he has. Now he will rely on his toughness, but. He'll also get out of danger when he needs to. He'll also, you know, do some things within the game plan to where Poirier, he, he, he will do things within the game plan when he has control over a guy, when his leg kicks are working, when the guy can't take him down, when he starts breaking a guy down. Um, what I saw in the Chandler fight was you can't rock and sock him against everything. You just can't do that. And against a guy like Poirier, if you know you keep bringing your chin to him like that, I don't really care what you're swinging at him with. He's going to connect something. He's going to connect something, and he's going to connect something that's going to make you stop doing that. So I just, I mean, I just can't do that. Um, I would like to take Poirier against Oliver. I agree with everything Zito said. Um, I, 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 slightly, I love Justin Gaethje. That's my guy. But I slightly favor Poirier over Gaethje um, because of fight IQ is kind of what Zito was saying. I'm just surmising it into uh, a word and, and, and syllables, right, to a word and, and two letters, fight IQ. I think just Dustin has a slightly higher fight IQ than Justin. I think that will allow him to get the victory more so than not against uh, Justin Gates as 
or Charles Oliveira, you got to favor Dustin Poirier. I think, again, he's always been a bookmaker's favorite against anybody. He would be my favorite against Oliveira. Part of the reason why, though, part of the reason why he's my favorite against Oliveira is because I've been watching the UFC since his very inception. So I've seen Oliveira start when he was like 20, 21 years old in the UFC. I've seen him get stopped. I, like, I've seen him get beat up. I've seen him quit and fight. So I've seen Oliveira very vulnerable. Though I've seen Dustin Poirier lose, I haven't seen that level of vulnerability to him. I think Oliveira is very live in that fight, in my opinion. Um, if he can take Dustin down and, and start to wear on him, Oliveira is very capable on the ground of submitting Dustin. I just don't think he'll be able to effectively implement his game plan uh, against Dustin enough to get a stoppage or a victory. I felt like if Oliveri were to have lost against uh, Chandler, that he was going to wrap it up that night. But, I mean, he came back miraculously to just win that fight was crazy. But And he you know, brought it back to the top. But I don't know. That's why I felt like – I feel like there's a chance he's close to being done, but at the same time, you know, he's still he's still got it in him. You just like no telling. So, I still go with Poirier mm-hmm. on you know over Oliveira. But. Hey, uh, see, uh, you picked uh, Benavides uh, last week against uh, uh, Myron Dunn, and uh, he took him out in the uh, seventh of the TKO. Do you have any thoughts on that fight? Um. I didn't really get to see the fight, but but I read about mm-hmm. it. Benavidez, I mean, we expected him to to win the fight in, in a knockout fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting mm-hmm. what's going to happen next with Benavidez. That's what I'm uh, mm-hmm. looking for. I'm looking for uh, if they're going to try to, you know, get that deal with Canelo, which you know, right now everybody kind of is, or I mean, are they going to mm-hmm. look in another direction? Maybe you know, look at Caleb Plant now. <laughs> I mean, look at a guy, mm-hmm. maybe Billy Joe Saunders, somebody in that division with a name. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just going to be interesting to see what, what Benavidez does. I like seeing, I like seeing the fight, so I have to, uh, have to go back and catch that fight. Mm-hmm. The comment was made that Benavidez is a hard hitter, and that uh, there might be a good fight with Camilo. Because I think a comment was made out there that, that Benavidez hits real hard, so. If they can make that one happen, and he could, if he could get in there, you know, get in tight with Canelo and get a couple shots in, I Plant did a lot better than I thought he would do, and, and better than probably most have done. You know, if this guy could do just a little bit more, he might be able to, to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Benavidez right, presents a very uh, intriguing style matchup with Canelo. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, first of all, the physical dimensions, you know, he's very tall, he's very rangy, he's very big for the weight class. Yeah. And I think the, the reason why he still can make it one six eight because he's only 24 hours. Um, and he's missed weight once or twice. Um, so he, his physical dimensions present Canelo a lot of problems. The other thing to do is he's a fighter, so he's not afraid of a firefight. He fights off the front foot. He's very loose and relaxed in there. The kid's got cardio for days. And he throws a very, very assortment of punches. He's not a one-punch knockout guy, but he's got heavy hands. And with his level of activity, he just breaks people down. That said, he needs to take an interim fight. Canelo's next fight is set. 
Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but he's moving up to cruiserweight division to fight. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I always have a hard time pronouncing this guy's name. It's one of those, like, Nigerian names. Um, Alunga, I forget his last name, Makubu. Uh, but he's fighting Makubu. Uh, Makubu, who is six, a solid cruiserweight, 200 pounds. He's considered, you know, the weaker champion at cruiserweight. With Morris Blade is considered the guy at cruiserweight. But, you know, the guy Makubu is the number two rated cruiserweight. He's got phenomenal knockout power. He's screwed them, uh, but phenomenal knockout power. Canelo, so Canelo's fighting him uh, in May, more, more than likely. He asked the WBC to, to approve it. They did. So it's just a matter of signing the contracts. But that's who Canelo's fighting in May. In the meantime, all these guys calling out Canelo, David Benavidez, who I think is the, the, the most logical and compelling matchup. But then you also have Jamal Jamal, Char, Jamal Charlo. You have Triple G, Gennady Golovkin. I think they need to do what Canelo's doing. Canelo's taking challenges. Whether you agree with all the challenges or not, he's taking challenges. If these guys want to demand a fight, Demetrius Andres looked spectacular last night against limited opposition. But if these guys want to demand a fight with Canelo, what they need to do is start picking off each other to demand a fight. Now, Jose Benavidez, uh, David Benavidez has called out Jamal Charlo. They both are with PBC. Charlo would move up to 168 to fight Canelo. Would he move up to 168 to fight Benavidez? I don't know. But if these guys want a Canelo fight, they need to pick it off each other to make, to make a demand for it. Canelo, Canelo is like the final boss of a video game. I mean, everybody wants to fight. Everybody wants to fight Canelo. He, I mean, he quite literally is the final boss of, of of a video game. I mean, you see him; he's he's the face of boxing right now. Him and Tyson Fury are the two faces of boxing right now. Um, to me, to me at least, that that that's that's who I think are the faces. No, of I boxing. concur what you say. Um, you, all right. What I'll say is I like uh, the way Canelo's doing. He's he's doing it the old school way. You think about guys like Sam Langford and you know guys like Bob Fitzsimmons. And these guys, you know, they fought at middleweight and then they went, you know, one heavyweight. You know, they they fought heavyweight. So you can't. I mean, Canelo, he he's, he's got a welterweight title, and now he's going looking for a cruiserweight title. That's unheard Chasing of. Jason Leggett. He'd be the Chasing first legacy. Mexican in history with five uh, divisional titles. He's chasing legacy, and all these guys are chasing him, kind of like Amir Khan to a certain extent. What we're watching is the stagnation of careers. Everybody's waiting for that big payday, but they're not chasing their own legacies like he's chasing legacy. Pricing, pricing themselves right out of it. I got to throw something in there, though. I, I, gotta t- I hate to say it, but I got to say it. Canelo is the poster boy of boxing, and he got past Triple G, and he shouldn't have, because at least one of those fights, Triple G had that fight. I still say probably both of them, and with it being the poster boy, he gets that little edge, which I get it. Triple G's older. He's on his way out, or at least maybe he's gone now. I don't know, but Canelo's doing the right thing since then. yeah, I, I'm hoping he does when we're talking. I don't know what the outcome of this next one will be, just with the, the age different than the you know, the years that have gone by. But those first two fights, they they were questionable, and Canelo wouldn't be where he's at unless they would have handed what they handed to him. 
So that, that's just my opinion. But uh, and I, I have to say that. But you know, I mean, he has gone on to kick some series butt, and I will give him credit for that. He's done what he needed to do, and you know, it's it's interesting to see what's going to happen with him moving up in weight and trying to take another belt. So we'll see. You know, one thing about one thing very interesting about in my opinion, those two fights, the Canelo-Triple-G fight. And, and obviously there's a lot of polarization and debate about those two fights. It's literally like Republicans and Democrats, right? Um, but I think no matter how you split the fight themselves, Canelo won the narrative of the fights. No matter how you score the fights, when I mean won the narrative, everybody thought, he was afraid to fight Triple G, and then everybody thought he would get knocked out. He wouldn't fought Triple G. Whether he thought he won the first fight or not, everyone was impressed with both of the gentlemen's performances. Both stock mm-hmm. was raised in the aftermath of the fight. Whether you liked the decision or not, the stock and quality of both men was raised. The second fight, Triple G said, well, Canelo ran from me the whole first fight. He ran from me. And and he's not uh, he's afraid to right, fight like the Mexican Mex- style. Yeah. That's what he said ahead of the second fight. Canelo came out, established the center of the ring, and Triple G was the one who had to fight off the back foot. He did it brilliantly, but he fought off the back foot after being the dominating puncher and saying Canelo was afraid to stand in front of him. He was the one who was retreating and and who was mm-hmm. who who looked in distress during the fight. And then what happened is. Because you look at things and you look at things, see, we, we look at things in the context of history as opposed to being in the moment. In the moment. Mm-hmm. So in the context of history, after those two fights, Canelo went on and had multiple fights, multiple challenges, conquered a whole new weight division, is now going up to cruise rate. Triple G fought twice against mm-hmm. irrelevant competition, except Sergey Derevchenko, mm-hmm. which most people thought he lost. So what happens is, is regardless of how we look at the fights, once we step back to where we are now, we get caught up in the narrative of the fight. And uh, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting, you know, Triple G fight, uh, we to Murata in Japan next month. Uh, it'd be interesting what mm-hmm. happens um, after that. And, and, and you know, because he's one of those guys like, like Terrence Crawford who, who had been relentlessly ducked through most of his career. So uh, mm-hmm. let's see what happens with that guy after that so we could really view his career and his fight with Canelo in context. You know, another guy had laid off for a while was uh, uh, Andrade, Demetrius Andrade. Uh, but he got in the, in the ring last night and, and uh, really not to share that showing quickly. He hit him out in the second round and could say knock him out. But uh, another knockout that we had last week was uh, Kate Gallagher got knocked out. Oh, Jesus. That, yeah. that was a surprise. That, that mm-hmm. would be up there for one of the biggest upsets of the year. That was <laughs> mm-hmm. – wow. Yeah, Did you guys see that? That's a hot No, I no, missed that one. Oh, my God. I mean, Kid Galahad was, was, you know, boxing beautifully for yeah. – for, Four minutes for four rounds and literally like two two minutes and freaking fifty seconds. Um, 
what what was happening is is Kiko uh, Martinez, who was a huge underdog, deservedly so, because he had been handled over the last couple of years. He's, he's older too. Uh, what he was doing was he was changing his stance. He was, he, you know, he's fighting orthodox, but he would step over his foot to throw a hard right hook whenever Kid Galahad was in a southpaw stance, and he was just missing with it. And Galahad was not reading it, and, and kind of the thing about so Galahad's trained by. He, Brendan Engel, who's the son of Dominic Engel, who trained Nassim Hamed, is the, the, the trainer for Hamed, Kel Brook, all those guys. And all those guys tend to pull back with their chin up mm-hmm. and kind of to watch the shot and gauge the shot. And he was doing that from the southpaw stance, and he stepped in with the, the right hook. I mean, stepping in, crossing stances mm-hmm. with the right hook, full power. He just blasted him. He blasted him. And, and it reminded me of a fighter that Zito and I cornered, where a guy took a knockdown at the end of the round. And he didn't realize how heavy the knockdown was till the guy came back to the corner and his eyes were glazed over. And <laughs> the guy was sent back out. We sent, I thought we should have stopped the fight. Zito said, no, let's give him a chance. We sent the guy back out. He was subsequently stopped. Same thing happened with Kid Galahad. And it was one of those things where, you know, you got to give the fighter a chance, but you're not, you're also not wrong to stop the fight because the fighter has very little to no chance. And he, you know, the, the, the bell rang and he stepped in with the exact same, same shot, not kid Galahad. Cold. It, it was a devastating upset. Devastating. Okay. Hey, Bob, uh, Carissa Shields has offered uh, your very best fighter, Jake Paul, $5,000 a spar. Oh, Jesus. What do you think about <laughs> I say this I with you, looked, by the way. Tell the truth. He, yeah, I think she'd whoop his ass, and I don't think he deserves any money for anything. I wish he'd go away. That's a sword that won't go away. Yeah. I think we all feel the same way. Um, how about uh, uh, Charles Oliveira? I, I never thought versus, I, uh, Dustin. Go ahead. I was going to say I never thought I'd be the biggest Tommy Fury fan in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right. Yeah. laughs> never thought I'd say that. Me and my enemy is my friend, or however that goes. <laughs> the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I don't know if you guys have uh, ESPN, but uh, Nick Diaz is uh, about to fight uh, Leon Edwards tonight. Um, he's filling in. I don't know who he's filling in for, but uh, uh, they're just getting the prelims started. But, um, nice. Wait, who is fighting? On, uh, uh, That's a repeat. Uh, Christopher Diaz. Chris Diaz. Oh. oh. I don't even uh, yeah. Leon Edwards? Yes, Chris Diaz against Isaac uh, Dogbe, Zito. Dogbe oh. fighting Christopher okay. Diaz tonight. And that's the uh, oh, that's cool. the feature prelim before the pay-per-view for Terrence Crawford right. and Sean Porter. Okay. Dogbe. I'm just seeing him in the middle. Diaz is fighting Leon Edwards. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, who, put, who in the right mind would ever put that fight together? 
Yeah, Nick Diaz no, Nick is going to fill in for to fight uh, Leon Edwards. I don't think Two he weeks. should. I mean, I mean, it's obvious that they want. Uh, no, Leon Edwards is already decided. Leon, Leon Edwards is not fighting Nick Diaz. He said he's going to wait for the the, the shot with Kamar Usman. He's a logical number one contender next. So he he said he's going to stand pat and wait for that shot. So uh, I think, we'll see what spot is filled, but. Right now, there have been some bubbling talks uh, about a potential Hazmat Shemaev Gilbert Burns fight in that spot, uh, but it's just rumored. Um, we don't know yet, but but as of right now, it doesn't look like Leon Edwards will be on that card at all because it is logical. Kamar Usman just fought. Um, Leon Edwards is up next. It makes all the sense in the world for him to to wait for his shot. He deserves it. I mean, I I, I totally agree with you there. Um, uh, it's just so sad to see uh, Masvidal, you know, can't fight. I I always love to see him fight every single time. Uh, but I mean, just like Tony Ferguson, um, they're they're both coming to an end of their. I mean, they're both they're, they're getting old. They're past their prime. Um. Again, I can't even watch Tony Ferguson fight. It's just kind of sad, you know. He loses over and over again. His last, his last fight, he just loses, and he gets brutally just beaten. And he all, the only thing he has left is his chin. And um, and I think that's that's going to be the same case with Masvidal here in a couple of years. Um, but uh, so I, I really wanted to see that fight happen. But uh, I think Leon Edwards does deserve more. So. I agree with you. Okay. Yeah, with a fighter like Masvidal, it, it it gets a little. With a fighter like Masvidal, I think it gets it's a little worse because with Ferguson, I mean he he he's he's a very technical guy. He's a very technical guy who has I mean, um, who can do it all sort of. Masvidal could he can kind of do it all also, but he's an explosive guy. Um, Ferguson he lost his reflexes. That that's harmony, but he but then you still see he has the technique. He has certain things to get him over. He's getting beat up during fights. He only has his chin, but he's also I mean he's all he's just always that step away, a hair away, and that's what happens when you lose your reflexes and time. Um, when you lose your explosion, you jump into things. <laughs> you jump mm-hmm. because you fight like you still have the explosion, or or else you know what I mean. You just you can't rely on that anymore. Those quick, fast, you know, twitch muscles type thing, to where with technical guys, you can lose your reflexes to a certain extent and survive, but um, like, I'm going to give you a perfect example, Roy Jones. Roy Jones, I mean, he, and once Roy Jones lost that, that his reflex advantage, his tremendous reflex advantage over people, I should say, then he was a bit more hittable. So, I mean, with the big shots, he was a bit more hittable with the big shots. Um, uh, guys that have those explosions, I mean that that's that's scary. That's scary because they mm-hmm. offer themselves up when, when they lose it like that. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna uh, agree like and slightly. I'm gonna agree and slightly disagree with both of you guys. Tony Ferguson hasn't really been taking a beating. He got he took a beating in one fight against Justin Gaethje. He got, I mean that's the career altering beating. Since then. Since then, he's lost to, to uh, Bilal Muhammad, or, or was it Benil Darius, one of those guys. I forget which one. I always get those two guys confused. Maybe it's Benil Darius. And he lost to uh, Charles Oliveira. And both of those fights, 
He got wrestled. I was about to say the F word because that's that's the, the term, but he got wrestled fucked. Both of those fights where he still said it. Kind of just wrestled him to death, and he just couldn't do anything. Uh, he didn't get beat up in those fights. He got beat up in a Gaethje fight, uh, which with with uh, the other guy, Jorge Masvidal. Masvidal's never been beat up in his career. Kamaru Usman was the first time he was actually not cold. He's never, ever been beat up in his career. The reason why his record is the way it is is because, first of all, he's been around so long uh, back in the days where, where no one sat out for fights. So, you know, he fought a lot of tough competition. But the other thing, too, is he's lost fights. It's primarily because he just hasn't done enough. He's been outworked. He's been consistent to pot shot and just not get enough done. He's a guy who's never really been beaten up in his career, ever. And all his losses, he's never been beaten up. He's just a guy who just never got enough done. Um, Kamaru Usman knocked him cold, but that was the first time in his career he was not cold. First time he was stopped by strikes in like 10 years. Um, so, Tony Ferguson has taken a prolonged beating in one fight. Um, but I think that beating you know, completely altered his career. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is Jorge Masvidal has always been a little slicker in his craft and technique, whereas Tony Ferguson leveraged his chin and his toughness. And we talked last week about you know, fighters who tend to leverage their chin and toughness. That there's a clear ceiling to that. Okay. All right. Let me ask you this then, Ty, on the uh... Marco Antoni- or Antonio Barrera. Yes, we haven't heard his name in a while, but he's got a fight. Uh, uh, Daniel, <laughs> yeah, Daniel Constellion, uh next week. What's your thoughts? Well, you know what? It's an exhibition fight, and, and here's my thoughts about this. I love it, and I love it because it's an exhibition fight. It's billed as an exhibition fight for charity. No one's making it out to be anything other than that. It's not a thriller comeback, look at these legends fight to the death. It's literally just two old guys who are friends getting together and moving around for charity. So those are my thoughts on that. Kudos to those guys. Okay. How about uh, the uh, Z? Jessica McCaskill's got a fight uh, next week with uh, Victoria Busters, Bustos. Do you have anything on that? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear about that. Okay, Tony. Which two? I think I didn't hear you cut out. Yeah, Jessica McCaskill and Victoria Bustos. Bustos. Another cat fight. And I'm gonna. I'm just gonna leave wow. on this one. <laughs> and there goes our there, female demographic. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, Will that be with or without yeah, a, be a little politically correct? But... Too late. Too late. We've lost the female demographic. <laughs> we'll bring them back. We'll bring them back. Those, those four women who listen to us have hung up the phone. <laughs> and they can stand in line with Oscar De La Hoya. I'll get an ass beat and it's coming. I know it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. He'll listen, he'll listen back a couple of shows. He's coming for me. I know it. So you ladies stand in line and get behind him. Oh, it's literally within 10 seconds, you just cost us our, our female and transgender audience. So <laughs> we'll, we'll bring him back. I better stop while I'm ahead. So. 
<laughs> You're vying for my my spot on the show. <laughs> hey, Bob, Bob, speaking of that, uh, John Jones says he's going to grapple uh, Jake Carver, Carver uh, on the uh, 9th of December. What, what, what's that all about? I thought he, was, he wasn't going to do this. Well, he's uh, – <laughs> His his career with the UFC could be limited, you know what I mean? He, which is real hard for Dana White to let go because he was always Dana's favorite, um, this and that. But John just keeps having trouble after trouble after trouble, hasn't been back in the ring. Uh, he's making that jump from 205 to heavyweight, all these issues keeping him out, um, and meanwhile just keeps getting in trouble. So there is a chance. And we talked about this, uh, I think, within the last month, <clears throat> how it could happen. And then, like, within that day, uh, he was always listed as UFC's top pound for pound. And then that day, he dropped off uh, the, the list for the UFC top pound for pound. So I knew something was afoot. Uh, and, and, and now, so I think he's just trying to drum up some positive vibes, mm-hmm. some sort of facet, and, and it's just a grappling match. Uh, Dana may be uh, allowing it outside of his contract, um, but again, he's still under UFC contract, so he can't go anywhere until he's cut. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Yesterday, saw... last, last night, actually, I can't even say last night, right? I think it kind of happened. It's just, it, it happened in Sweden, but uh, I think it was last night, early this morning, um, Hasbach Shemaya, the, the rising superstar prospect in the UFC, had a grappling match against Jack Hermanson, the uh, number six rated middleweight contender in the UFC. Um, so it seems like Dana White is cool with these guys having grappling match, you know, matches because you know there's not extreme danger in that. So um, when I, you know, when I saw that, because I was kind of surprised. So uh, I, even though I've known some of these guys that participated in grappling matches while with the UFC, you know, before, I was surprised to see uh, their superstar rising prospect in a number six middleweight competing in a grappling match. So with that being said, maybe that's kind of something he's cool with. He doesn't mind too much. Um, but, you know, honestly, you know, kind of like Bob was saying to a certain extent, to summarize what Bob was saying, John Jones is kind of irrelevant until he steps back into the octagon. Mm-hmm. The, the UFC doesn't need him. I mean, at this juncture, I mean, he he's kind of forced himself out of the limelight to a certain extent. Yeah. The UFC is going to continue. John Jones needs the UFC more than he needs him. So, well, what about? There's <clears throat> uh, another one I wanted to ask you about. Uh, Francois Ngannou. He's got a fight coming up uh, in two weeks with uh, Rico Vanderhoof. Uh, Bob, what do you think? I had no idea that was coming up, but I'm a Nagano fan. I'd have to I'll have to look that up to see what is who, uh, more about his opponent. I apologize. He's fighting the Jews, Ciro Ghani, who just he's uh, so so it's going to be Francis Nagano against Ciro Ghani, who just uh, Ciro Ghan, who just knocked out uh, Derek Lewis, and so so uh, Butch just got a little slightly confused. So what Francis Nagano did. Yeah. Uh, and Bob, you should be uh, familiar with this. He brought in Rico Verhoeven, the Glory Heavyweight Champion kickboxer, to work with him during his training camp in preparation for Francis Ngannou, who we know has great footwork, cardio, and movement. So he's 
throwing in glory heavyweight champion Rico Verhoeven to help prepare him for his fight against Cyril Gunn in the next couple of weeks. That's awesome. That's awesome. I thought you, you know what I literally I read that and I thought about you. I was like, Bob would approve. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, Z, we got uh, Tiafino Lopez uh, and Devin Haney on the 15th of December. I'm sorry, the 15th of February. What's your thought on that one? Oh, they, they signed that? Yep. Yeah, they no, Devin Haney is actually signed to fight JoJo Chigas. Lopez fights uh, George Sambosis out of Australia in a couple of weeks. And Haney fights JoJo uh, Diaz in December. Well, um, I think that Terrafimo is going to have an easier time than Haney. <laughs> Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, Terrafimo <laughs> right now, he, he's um, you know he hasn't fought since Lomachenko, so he, mm-hmm. he's he's to get in the ring, and it's just more or less a get busy fight for him. Um, the way Haney Haney's fighting uh, JoJo Diaz, who's extremely credible, so, and mm-hmm. I mean. It, now, um, looking at him side by side, Haney looks a little bigger to me. But, mm-hmm. um, like, Jojo Diaz poses some things that Haney could, Haney could kind of take advantage of and that Haney doesn't like. So it's going to be an interesting mm-hmm. fight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bob, you anything on that? Uh, no, I'm distracted. I'm watching the tape fight. Okay. I apologize. Okay, no problem. Tony? JoJo's fast. I've watched him fight for many years now since he first kind of came out as a kid. And, uh, quick, great fighter, but I don't know that he's going to take this one. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to have some trouble okay. with this. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is I didn't hear your question. You cut out. Hayden? I didn't hear you. You cut out. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about, uh, uh, I'll give you an easier one. Uh, uh, Darren, Darren Till uh, and Sean Strickland. Yeah. Oh, okay. Against against Derek Brunson, Darren Till against Derek 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 Brunson. Is that the fight mm-hmm. we're talking about? Okay. Okay, you want to talk about it? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah. I, I mean, Derek Brunson got the uh, the third round uh, submission. I thought it was an amazing fight. I mean, Darren Till, another one of those fighters that's kind of getting old and getting out of his prime a little bit. Um, but he's he's gonna rebound from this. I mean, Darren Till as he's proved he's he's just he's not gonna be a champion, I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. but I think he's gonna go on to be just just that guy that's like just, just set the bar. If you beat him, then you kind of deserve that um the right. You gotta get the right of passage. Gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, guys, we're just about <clears throat> up against our uh, our time limit here. Let me see if I get anything else here for you guys. Uh, yeah. You know, we went through uh, 28 uh, 
he's not one too much for upper body movement at times. He's looking for offense. Um, mm-hmm. But Crawford's going to, I mean, you think that, I mean, if you think Crawford is able to use his reach like that, Sean Porter has fought the best welterweights. He's fought all of the best welterweights. Um, and they all had those advantages over height and reach. He's fought five, ten guys for goodness' sake, and he's done well in all of his fights. Um, I don't expect this to be any different. All of his fights were tooth and nail close. So mm-hmm. I don't expect this to be any. There's, I mean, Terrence Crawford as good as he is. There's nothing that's telling me that he's going to be any different than the, the best welterweights that he's fought. Level of competition, also. Sean Porter is more experienced than Terrence Crawford. I don't care who has more fights. It's against who you fight. Mm-hmm. And Sean Porter, his resume is better than Terrence Crawford's. Win or lose, better than anybody in welterweight right now outside of Pacquiao, who's retired. Mm-hmm. So, and that means a lot too. Sean Porter's not old over the hill. <laughs> I mean, no, they're so, same age, same age, same age. Both exactly, <laughs> exactly. And Crawford has more fights, if I'm correct. So, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm can't rule. I'm not gonna rule Sean Porter out. What I'm gonna rule out is Sean Porter's not gonna stop Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford, to me, I don't think he can stop Sean Porter. And I just think Crawford is going to do enough flashy stuff, eye-catching stuff to catch the judges and maybe some fans. But in the terms of boxing or fighting, I don't think he'll win the fight. Ooh, I like what I hear. I don't think he'll win the fight. So I mean, we just, I mean, I may be wrong, and I may be eating. I may, you know, I like my cold boil, so... Yeah, Misha Tate, Misha Tate. Yep, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, we're, we are up against our hour now. Uh, I want to thank everybody for showing up. It's always great to have a full full crew on. I appreciate all your your uh, uh, help and all your your uh, what do I want to say that the, the all your preparation. Uh, I appreciate that very much. Um, so, uh, Tony, you want to lead us out? Yes, sir. Absolutely awesome show. One of my favorites so far. I was glad to see Ty and Zito back. And it's been a couple of weeks since I've been able to talk to you guys. And Bob, thank you for everything. And Kay and Frank, I wish all of you guys a happy Thanksgiving, all your family members. I wish the military people a happy Thanksgiving, law enforcement. I want to throw out Absolutely. real quick Fight, Fighting Words Radio Network. Live is the website. Again, it's built hey. for you guys. And trying to uh, get it even better as, as I can, get the best I can, um, and talk to uh, Bryant Perella. Hope we'll have him on back in a couple of weeks here because I think he's going to promote a fight coming up. Other than that, Good. I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday. Thank you. You too. Katie? Um, I just want to say it was, I, it was a great show tonight. Um, thank you for everybody um, coming out, tuning in to the show. Um I think everybody on the the crew did an amazing job, um, and uh, it's just a pleasure to be back on the show once again. And um, that's all I gotta say. 
Okay. Uh, Ty? You know what? It was a great uh, pleasure being here. Uh, I've become such a huge fan of you guys, uh, actually. What I've started to recognize over these past several weeks, especially when I wasn't able to be on a show in October. But, uh, you know, I'm about three things in life. My life is about three things, family, fighting, and filmmaking. And two of those things combined on this show. And nothing gets me as excited for the fight as uh, listening to you guys talk about it. So I thank you guys for that. Everyone enjoy their holidays. Bob is our co-pilot. Coach Mel's watching over us. Dr. Chris keeps us laughing. Everyone have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you, buddy. You too. Um, This is absolutely another wonderful show. Absolutely another wonderful show. Um, I want to thank Tony. I want to thank Caden. I want to thank Bob, Eti, and Butch. All of my Fighting Words family, all of the good work you guys do. These shows are definitely in memory of Bob, Coach Mellon, Dr. Chris. If anyone wants to say any Fighting Words, please do call. Have a happy holiday. Okay, you too. Bob? I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to all of our servicemen and women out there. Uh, be with your family. God bless. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. God bless to our Fighting Words family. Um, great crew, great show. Thanks, guys, for always having me on. Uh, Caden, you always keep me laughing. Uh, you know, if your girlfriend asks you to come over for Thanksgiving, go ahead and say yes. You pass on prom. Uh, you know, and, you know so, and then every time you get called on, you don't come right to the phone. I worry about you, you know, because that, that's lingering. I haven't, I haven't had to close this episode of my life. But everyone stays out there. So, Team Misha. <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, I want to thank you again. I want to thank everybody for your, your input into the shows each and every week, and it's, that's what makes this show the uh, best. Uh, we are we did just uh, break the two hundred and seventy nine thousand uh, four hundred and twelve, which is the highest we've ever been. I guess we're going to lose that, that twelve is probably for the females that were listening and Tony and so on. But uh, we'll see about that next week. <laughs> I can't believe we'll get them back next week and. Uh, I want to uh, I want to thank uh, thank all of you and, and hope you all have a very um, very good uh, holiday with your families um, and uh, um, Ty please uh, give a hug to that uh, that mother of yours for me and for Sarah. And we shall. We shall, sir. Burgers of each and every night of the week and grateful appreciations the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women of police and fire services. The men and women on the front line of COVID, the doctors and nurses, and especially those great people that clean the hospital after everybody's left. <clears throat> we also uh, have these programs are dedicated to those who've lost their lives in line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Cabot, Curtis, uh, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazlund, Sergeant Thomas Bainger, Sergeant uh, Ricky Silvitz, Detective Randy Bell. Sergeant Thomas Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office. Um, Patrolman Charlie Connor, Office Police Police Department. Deputy Chief Mike Gosling, Charlotte Fire Department. Lieutenant Chase Craig Lewis, Charlotte Fire Department. Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department. Sergeant Charlie Levake, Hillsborough County uh, Sheriff's Office. Patrolman and Officer Christian, Lakeland PD. Lieutenant Joe Zerva, Newcastle County Police. Patrol Deputy Josh Moyer. And the Nassau County Sheriff's Department, 
Cat does not return on Philadelphia Fire Department. Cat does this leaves the fire department. Lieutenant Artie Pope, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant uh, Jerry Fites, Wilmington Fire Department. Trooper Joe Bullock, or, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, part of Highway Patrol. Trooper Jesse Richards, Florida Highway Patrol, Chief Alfredo, Homebrew Key Police Department, and Chief Jimmy Schwartz, Wilmington Fire Department. My brothers and sisters are ready to move to 10-7 at this point in time, and sometime over 10-10 at the available voice. Until that time, and the roads rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rain fall softly on your fields, the sunshine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your family always in the palm of his hands. Good night, God bless, and have a great, great holiday with together with your families.
County dispatch to 1999. County dispatch to 1999. All units be advised, 1999, respond to a blast emergency. May God rest his soul. Thank you.